Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hey, so it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. If you like a determiner. Anyway, I'm Jackie Cation. I'm your host of the Dork Forest. And uh, the websites, of course, uh, I just read. How about the credits? <laughs> the credits are Patrick Brady, going to fix this audio. He's great. Uh, Mike Rickberg just sang the theme song that he composed. He sang it with his girlfriend, Sarah. Just Mike, at the end, going to be singing uh, the Mexican hat dance. Lyrics he made up himself. And Vilmosh is the guy who does my website. Here's the thing about Vilmosh. We got an ad from Vilmosh if you want him to do your website. That's uh, this month's ad at the Dork Forest. If you want, uh, you can get a Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirt, or you can get just a regular The Dork Forest t-shirt uh, designed by Brett Chambers. They're both great. They are on the store page on JackieCation.com. You can also donate to the show if you want to support the show. $100 a year is what I usually look for. Uh but whatever you can afford, obviously. But $100 a year means you're a super fan. Somebody told me that that's what I should ask for. So that's what I'm asking for. So if you enjoy the show and you uh, have $100 a year, you can do $8.33 a month. I have not made that easy for you. But there is a donation button on dorkforest.com and uh, jackiecation.com. And I'm a member of the All Things Comedy Podcast Network. This episode is with Eddie Pepitone, who's also on that network. Uh, and it's great. Tom Papa's on that network. Bill Burr, Al Madrigal founded it. They both have podcasts. Other than that, oh, if you order from Amazon, and really, who doesn't? Uh, if you go to JackieCation.com, there is a white banner above the trailer for my new special, This Will Make an Excellent Horcrux, which is available for $5 download, by the way, or you can get a DVD or CD on the store page. But there's an Amazon banner on the front page. You can click through to that and order from Amazon by using JackieCation.com as a portal, I get a kickback, and that is one way to support the show as well. I hope you're liking the show. This week in comedy, I am in oh St. Louis, I think, on the 15th, and then Chicago on the 16th, opening for Maria Bamford. Very glamorous. That's right. And then the week after that, can't remember. But if you go to JackieCation.com and look at my schedule, all kinds of information will be available to you. Let's do the ad. Let's get to the show. It's a good one. Thanks a lot. It's Vilmosh. If you've heard my name before, it's because I've been taking care of Jackie's website since 2010. I talk to people all the time that feel like they're being held hostage by their web guy. They didn't get the site they wanted. Then when they want to make a change, they have to wait forever. That's why my web design philosophy is a simple one. It's your site. You should get what you want. I will take your idea and turn it into the site you've always wanted. Then, if you need to make changes, they will be done promptly. Maybe you already have a site that you need to make changes or additions to. I can do that too. It doesn't matter who created your site, I can still work on it. So take the first step towards a positive website experience. Contact me, Vilmosh, at HiredGunCoding.com.
Hello and welcome to my living room. It's Jackie Cation in the Dork Forest uh, with Eddie Pepitone. Ladies and gentlemen. Hello, everybody. Welcome uh, to the living room. You're having a dark chocolate with mint. Mmm, so good. So good. It's a, you know, they have dark promises on the inside where you have to say them in dark, dark voice. Let's hear it. Uh, engage, embrace, enjoy. It sounds like a threat is what you're supposed to read it as. It's like a, it's like a Chinese, uh, mm. what's it called? You know what these things are? These engage, embrace, enjoy things? What? They mean nothing. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, 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 they do this thing really. They, they just put words on a thing. It's that new agey yeah. type of thing yeah. where it's like engage, embrace, enjoy. And if you're really a desperate person, mm-hmm. you'll be like, that's what I need to do <laughs> is I, I need to engage. I need to embrace and enjoy. And then you realize life doesn't work like that. Like you, right. you have to deal with it, it moment by moment. It gets better, but it also gets worse. Absolutely. Remember in high school when uh, they had that ad campaign that said it gets better? Not our high school, <laughs> but... Uh, and then it was, and then it gets worse, and then it gets better again. Yeah, mm-hmm, it's all mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm, it's just life. It's just life. It's good times. So it's at Eddie Pepitone on Twitter. Are you right. On, are you on the Instagram too, and all that nonsense? I am on Instagram. Um, I think it's Eddie Peppy on Instagram. I'm not a big Instagram guy, but I do it sometimes. But it's at Eddie Pepitone. EddiePepitone dot com is my website as and you well. Have uh, you have a new special on Netflix? I do in ruins on Netflix. That's awesome. Where people can just down, they can just stream and, and watch it. Absolutely. So they should do that, and then they mm-hmm. should review it. And uh, mm-hmm. here's my review. It's great. There you go. That's what <sighs> I, I, I recommend. You should start like that and say it's mm-hmm. great, and then mm-hmm. you uh, and then you say whatever you're going to say after that. That's right. Nice. And I have my own pe- uh, my own podcast. <clears throat> um, right. Pep talks with the bitter Buddha uh, on allthingscomedy.com. Uh, on all things com- we are both mm-hmm. on all things comedy. Oh, I forgot that. That's right, and it's great. We just recorded an episode of Pep Talk. That's here. right. And uh, we're doing a podcast marathon. Right. We are going until we solve various crippling diseases and. <laughs> Right. And uh, anger. We, we're trying to eliminate anger. We're, it's a marathon, folks. And <laughs> feel free to call 1-800-ANGER-BLOWS. Uh, Has there ever been a podcast marathon? There must have there, been. When podcasts were new back in, uh, yeah. like I, I started mine in 2006. So whoa, you were, whoa, you're. Ground floor. Ground you're ground floor. floor. Yeah, but get this. There's no money in that. Okay, so uh, <laughs> God love him. But here's the thing: is there was a who the hell was that that had a great? It was a uh, um um it was 24 hours. They did 24 episodes, and it, and every no every year, never not funny does a podcast marathon oh, right, uh, for right. for the for the smile People network, with mustache? the oh. smile network for cleft palate. Oh, to, is that true? Yes, to make money for cleft palate uh, surgeries in Africa. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so cool of Jimmy Pardo to do that. It is very cool. 24 hours he does? I think so. It does it live at UCB. That's unreal. Right. We should both be on it. It's a Jerry Lewis type of thing? It's a Jerry Lewis type of thing. Cause you know how, you know how Jimmy Pardo loves a Jerry Lewis type of thing. <laughs> you know, he's like all those guys. He's like Frank Conniff and, and Dana Gould where he's like, I love the golden age, the yeah. golden age of television. Yeah. You know, Merv Griffin. Nobody, <laughs> he never told anybody he was gay. And, uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't, I'm, I'm not here to blow your minds, by the way. Merv Griffin was gay. I didn't make I, that I, you know, what's interesting is that, uh, I still don't buy that. Oh, okay. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's, well, I could care never, less. I really don't care. I, yeah. I cannot imagine. I loved him when I was a kid. Yeah. I, I used to watch fucking Merv Griffin. Mike Douglas. 
Mike Douglas. Yeah, yeah. Dick they were, Cavett. There, there was something. You know, as a kid, when when I look back at watching those guys, what what they had was this kind of like likability and this charm. And like I would watch it like, going, oh, he's a nice man. Right. He seems to be nice. And with Dick Cavett, it was different because he was palpably the smartest guy in the room. Right. Except for when he wasn't. Right. And then yeah. that was, it was, he was always slightly uncomfortable. Like when, <clears throat> you know, like he'd get these serious smarty fucking magoos on, on the Dick Cavett show. He'd get like politicians and writers. Mm. And, and I remember one of my favorite episodes of the Dick Cavett show was, uh, mm. the, the senator from Oklahoma, his Native American wife. Uh-huh. Who was an, an advocate for the American Indian movement. Right. Uh, the Sly from Sly and the Family Stone. <laughs> and who was the woman? It was like Debbie Reynolds or somebody. It was the weirdest Amazing. fucking mashup. Amazing. And it was awesome. And, yeah. and, and Cavett goes, Hey, are you going to run for reelection in 72? And the senator goes, You know, I don't know. Probably not. And I looked him up and he didn't. He didn't, or he did, and he lost because he said on national television, "I don't know, probably not." Yeah, uh, that might have been the reason. But he he's a he's a professor of history to this day at the University of Arizona, Phoenix. Wow, weird. And I emailed him and I said, "Hey, I just saw you on Dick Cavett because I bought those DVDs." Guess yeah. what? The Dork Force is going to be about you, Eddie. Why don't I let you talk about your fucking Dorkdom instead of me talking about Dick Cavett? Now, which I oh, is that how you do it? The person, well, yeah. Dorkdom. Um... My dorkdom, you know. Just a couple uh, of things you like to like to do in life. Well, I love hockey. Um, is, I don't know if anyone on this show has talked. Do they talk sports at all? Well, I had proofs talk about the history of baseball. I had a guy tell me about the history of Pat, Patrick, I think it was, mm. uh, talk about the history of the NFL and the different uh, football leagues. Right. Nobody's talked hockey. Nobody's talk, what do you know about hockey? Well, I mean, I, the, the history of it, you know, is not really my forte. I I just current. Lo- yeah, I mean, I've been I've been a lifelong New York Ranger fan. Okay. And um and they are the hockey team of New York, the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, this is not going to be. <laughs> no, no, this the is the New gonna, York Rangers this is gonna are be the, the hockey team of New Well, there are three hockey teams in the metro area. One oh, is are the, there? Yeah, one is the New York Islanders and the other one is the New Jersey Devils. Okay. That's the metro area. So okay. there's a plethora of New York teams. But anyway, just, uh, the, you know, the reason I brought it up is, is because I am a hockey dork, meaning I have to know, and I imagine people who are considered dorks in any field like i like i i have to know if they won or night won or not won or lost that night and like the hockey season is actually starting tonight so i'm pretty pretty exciting yeah tonight's first night of the hockey season and and the rangers went to the finals we live in los angeles they they went to the finals for the first time in 20 years and they lost to the kings the 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 local the la kings won it all and it was an amazing series stanley cup stanley cup is that it okay Mm -hmm. And is that it? And, and, uh, and how many games do, is it like seven games? Is best it like four baseball? out of seven. Four out of seven. Okay. But you have to play. It's, it's a grueling tournament, the Stanley Cup tournament. I always, I always say it's the, and, and a lot of people say that it's the hardest championship to win because it's four rounds of the best four out of seven. You have to win four out of seven, then you advance. Then you win that series four out of seven, then you advance four out of seven, then you go to the finals, and then you have to win that for the championship. So it's three 16? preliminary rounds. So it's six. It could be sixteen games. Absolutely, a minimum. Oh, it could be seven each round. Right. Oh my God. 
And then that's o- 20. Over the course of- you have to win. You have to win 16. Right. You could play as many as 28 more games. In, in how many days? Um, like it's over- pretty much every other day you play pretty much. You might get a couple more days off than that. So it's in grueling. That it's is, intense. That schedule's insane. And players grow beard. I don't know if you've seen this no. trend because, you know, I'm a sports fan in general, but, uh, players lately in baseball have been doing this. In football, they don't because you can't. Because it's just such a quick playoff series because okay. the competition is so brutal that they can only keep them on field for three three weeks in a row before they die. <laughs> but uh, yeah. people, they grow beards and they start because they're like supposedly good luck beards. There's okay. all kinds of sports is huge on superstition. Yeah, yeah. They love a lucky hat or a lucky bat. Right, lucky hats and lucky bats uh, is what is what a friend <laughs> well, of mine used to say. Uh, yeah, well, lucky hats. Yeah, I don't know about lucky hats because <laughs> they all wear one cap. But uh, the beard, they grow, you know, facial hair. I'm not going to shave until we lose. I'm not right. going to shave to the end of the playoff until the end of the playoffs. Right. You know, stuff like so that. So people can really. It depends how how quick you grow a beard. The Red Sox, when they won the World Championship, I think it was last year or the year before. They all looked like they were, uh, you know, in an episode of Naked and Afraid. Like they, <laughs> they all had huge beards. Uh, they That's all hilarious. looked like they had been living in the woods for years. Right. To me, it's kind of like, Jesus Christ. First of all, I don't believe, like superstition to me. Right. Is just such nonsense. Like, I, I would do, love to see. Do you make see- it fun though? Do you think it's fun or? I, it can be kind of fun yeah. to see, you know, like and it's the, funny. weird thing they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of fun to see, funny to see the guys who can't grow beards trying oh. to grow beards. Like they, they just are perpetually that little nubby, right. horrible attempt, <laughs> attempt at a beard. Yes. So what, how many, so Jesus, that's a lot of games. So how many oh, games is. are in the regular season? Less? Uh, 82. 82. Because there's something like 168 baseball games, I think, 162. right? 162 baseball games? How, yeah. how many football games are there? U- US 16 football? before the playoffs. Just 16? Yeah, because these guys... Are killing one another. Well, yeah, the, in the NFL now, the concussions yeah. Yeah, are, you know, people are just walking around writing the wrong checks all the time. <laughs> yeah, and Andy stopped watching a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, he was like, I actually, this actually hurts my heart. And so he's, I can't actually watch football anymore. And I never mm-hmm. really did. I would, I, mm-hmm. I care about the Packers. Only oh, you're from Wisconsin. Now, those are the biggest football fans. I mean, football fans are insane. I guess sports fans, but football, pro football fans are just. They're committed. Fucking crazy. And the Green Bay fans, there's no more crazier fan base. Right. Which is why Because I'm, I would imagine there's nothing to do there. I, I don't know. I, and, and it's sort of like Vince Lombardi. That, yeah. Vince Lombardi. Not that there's nothing to do. That's a mean thing to say. Just that the pack, where you know, that's kind of the football where it was hatched in a way, and it's owned by the community supposedly. Right, and all right, these right, things right, are right. Happening, but the, I don't, I don't even mm-hmm. care, and I know things that I don't need to know. I mean, <laughs> I don't like. I was in a bar in South Milwaukee um, mm-hmm. last summer, and people were wearing uh, a, a husband and wife, a woman I had gone to college, high school with. I was at my high school reunion, mm-hmm. and she, they were both wearing a jersey. That had a name on the back of it, and it wasn't her name. And I said, "Who's that guy? Who's Marshall or whatever?" The, right. And I can't remember who it was, right. but whatever it was, the entire bar shut down. What do you mean? 
silence. Because you didn't know the name of the player. I I said, who's who's that guy? It would be like I had said, who's Aaron Rodgers? But Mm -hmm. I know who Aaron Rodgers is against my will. So this guy is some sort of receiver or defender. Ah, okay. And so I said, who's, who is that guy? And the whole bar just silently stared at me. And I said, if you people just tell me, then I'll know. Wow. And we don't have yeah. to, we don't have to shame me. Right. Cause I don't know who the Green Bay Packer guy is. Right. But so there's, there's how many, how many hockey games? I think it's 81 or 82. And how for many the players season. on either side? Well, how many on a, on a team on the ice? Um, well, that I'm not too sure of. Let's see. I don't like get over it. eight. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. I think it's something like because um, your basketball. It's five. I think on your roster side. you have like about thirty players. Okay, and you bring Something in like, like twelve on the ice to play against each well, other. Well, there's three. There's three forwards: a center, left wing, and a right wing. And then there's two defensemen, so that's five. And then there's the goalie, that's six. So there's six players on ice uh, at all times, but they take and there's usually three or four lines. So there's about twenty five players on the bench. Okay. Something okay. like that. But there's like six guys on each team on the, on the ice. Uh huh. Yeah. And then competing against each other. And is it like, uh, now why, soccer? I, why I love it yeah, is yeah. it's fast. I love oh. speed. Like I love, well, I love football too, but hockey combines like not only, you know, this is such a male hormonal thing, but like I just love that the the competitiveness of it is so intense because the speed of the game is so intense. And there's a skill, hockey, hockey combines skill and, um, uh, brute force. Like, okay. like because it, it, it's played at such a high speed because of skating, these guys skate like the wind. Yeah. And then they hit each other at high speeds that it's just to me the most exciting sport to watch the way they, can crunch each other, but still make an amazingly beautiful pass. Like you have guys, like someone you, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of. He's been long retired, but Wayne Gretzky. Oh, right. You know, Wayne Gretzky, who is probably the bat, him or Gordy, Gordy Howe is considered the best all time player ever. Usually Gretzky mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right now, kind of the reigning supposedly best skilled player, Sidney Crosby of the Penguins. But these guys mm-hmm. just do such amazing things. Um, at high speeds, yet they also have to get, they, they get really hit hard. So to me, it's this amazing, like, like physical, um, accomplishment and like to watch it. And, and it's hilarious because, you know, I used to play hockey. I never, and I used to play football, but, but never much contact. Okay. And I'm a guy who vicariously lives through these guys. Okay. Which is really, I think what sports Oh yeah. Is about like the vicarious living through you're you're watching these athletes and you're like like you're kind of you kind of really astral no that's a bad word to use, but you project into their <laughs> fucking bodies and you're like right. you are the star. When I was right. a kid, and that's a thing that a kid does and men who haven't grown up like myself, where <laughs> you still think you're these play like when they excel, you know, when your team wins or your team scores a great goal, you're like, holy shit. You know, I I think Okay. The, why why am I so happy about that is I think it's because I feel like I've done it right without the danger because I'll never forget I used to play ice hockey in Staten Island New York where where I grew up and I remember one time I took a stick to the mouth and it cut open my lip Ooh. it cut open my lip I probably should have got stitches I didn't but I remember it was real cold it was kind of a snowy day my lip was split open I had to go home right. And go to the, I, I don't think I got stitches, like I said, but it was nasty. 
Right. And who needs that? I'd rather right. watch these other guys. And these hockey players, you see them get interviewed. They don't have teeth. A lot. Of, I mean, they're missing several teeth. All of them, all of them mostly are missing many wearing, teeth. They, they wear mouth guards, but they still, they, they, if they, they take a puck in the mouth, the mouth guard. Cause it's going. Or sticks. Most of them get their teeth knocked out by sticks because they're in such close proximity to each other right. at such high speeds. A stick will come up. There's a penalty for high sticking. They get, okay. get sent off the ice, but they lose teeth constantly, you know, and sometimes it's embarrassing. Like, like you'll see a guy get interviewed right after the game and he hasn't had time to put his teeth in. And it's just like these gaping holes. Like, wow. You know, yeah. it looks like the void in my soul <laughs> is what I'm saying. But that, the th- what you've done here for me, though, Eddie Peptone, mm-hmm. is really explain to me the love of sports. Because uh-huh. the sport dorkdom has always been a challenge for me. Cause, <laughs> cause I don't get it, right? Uh-huh. I don't, I don't know if it's the joy of not knowing really how it's going to end or if it's just Well, that's the amazing- exciting. Yep. And then, or the, or the, uh, what, you know, intellectually, I know that it's that and I know that it's watching mm-hmm. the people that are best at what they do, mm-hmm. do what they do. And yeah. you're just like, no, you project yourself into this situation and you're watching this sort of very primal yeah. thing happening. Yeah. And, and on ice, yeah. I mean, the fact that they can, I saw Cutting Edge. I think it was the Cutting Edge. Uh, it was a romantic comedy about uh, a hockey player and a figure skater. And the hockey player can't play hockey anymore, so he has to learn how to figure skate. Turns out he can. Turns out he can. Turns out he's a really good ice skater. But he's still well, they're learning. all good ice skaters. Yeah, they're amazing ice skaters. <laughs> They're all great ice skaters. They're amazing because I, I skated, you know, I played hockey, but not anywhere near the level that those guys do. Like right. I was a pickup hockey player, meaning, um, I picked a lot of guys up playing hockey. No, <laughs> I, 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 I just would play when the, the ice froze. I didn't, yeah. I wasn't in leagues. We, we just used to play on Oh, ponds. just pickup games. Yeah, I was not a league guy. Okay. And then when rollerblades came along, I played for a little while on rollerblades. Oh, wow. Right, because rollerblades would be a way to train uh, in the off-season. Well, yeah, you could play on the street. It just, right. This was kind of fun. I used to play in Manhattan. I used to play in Hell's Kitchen, oh, where, wow. where two famous players came from, Brian and Joey Mullen. But but anyway, and, and there, there's something to – here it is, too, about sports. And um, by the way, and, and, and it's so funny because I kind of – I kind of chastise myself a little about being a sports fan because I'm such a big politically left wing guy. Yet the thing that doesn't fit into that is sports because sports really is ultimately such a corporate, you it, know, it's become so corporate. I was surprised too. to, I was surprised that you did, but I think the visceral mm. response that you had yeah, to it. That's what it is. And also what it's about too. And like, for instance, my wife is not a competitive person and here's what it is. It's about winning. That's another big element. It's about winning. And I think the lunatic sports fans who get so into these games have a psychological matrix where they haven't really won a lot in life. Okay. In or- their heads. And they need to win. And they, again, it's yeah, a Whether vi- they're winning or not in real life, this is a thing that they can root for unabashedly and go, we mm-hmm. need to fucking win. Right. And, and when the team wins, it's like so great. However, here's the thing about that's sports. Hilarious. It's about winning. Like, like that's what keeps you into these games. Like if I didn't care who won or lost these games, they wouldn't be as entertaining. The fact that there's a clear cut winner, like it would be hilarious to me if they didn't keep score right? in these games. It wouldn't that be funny? Like who the well, fuck would care? Well, soccer so, has ties. <laughs> yeah, that to me is horrible. Things. But they count towards stuff. 
Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess. guess. But it's like a bigger picture. There's it's, ties. It's they they actually say ties. They have a, a phrase yeah. for it. ties is like kissing your sister. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's anyway. It's like um, it, it's like about winning, and that's kind of. And I've gotten in touch with this a kind of sickness. Okay. Yeah. It is. It is. I don't want to be melodramatic about it, but right, it's a right. kind of sickness to like always have to win like yeah. your team. And, 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 and here's the thing too about sports. It's such a manic, depressive or bipolar thing because your team will win and then it'll lose. You'll be right. on this high and then you'll get crushed. Oh. And then even if they win the whole championship, right. what I always found that's very interesting about it is that your team wins the championship. And it is a nice feeling, but you know what? Then the next season comes along and you have to win again. It never ends. It never, it's a bottomless fucking pit that has to be filled. That is fascinating Mm because that makes perfect sense because you're like, because it's something, you know, like we're all raised in this world to be, you know, everyone gets a, an award at the end of grade school. Everyone yeah. is, you know, you're supposed to share and uh-huh. everything is, everything is, you're supposed to be a decent person all the time. But when you are a Cowboys fan, you get to say, no, no, I hate the New England Patriots. I want them to die. And, uh, and you can, and there's a justification because it's all very fictional and yet it's so real. It's regional, like the Yankees and the Red Sox have this, right. the Boston, New York thing. And that's kind of fun, except when you have the tools, using one of your expression, tool bags, <laughs> right. who take it so seriously that they'll actually punch you in the face. Like, like it actually gets violent certain morons because alcohol is you know that's the thing about sports is that there's too much alcohol right when, when, yeah when, once people get liquored up then, then yeah then they take what they believe but i guess that's to the anything or something, i suppose yeah but you know the hooliganism in europe unbelievable which is crazy because it's all it's all uh, you know european football it's all soccer mm-hmm. and you're like right. what's happening why do you care this much and they're genuinely like punching each other in the mm-hmm. stands and mm-hmm. you're like you're a 42-year-old right. accountant. What are you doing hitting that guy right. who is a pharmacist? And uh, you're just like, why is that a thing? Especially pharmacists can help you with so many nice products. <laughs> right. You're going to need that guy because you're going to You're going to need that guy. Yeah. So do they have hockey in other countries besides Canada? Uh, well, yeah, it's big in the cold weather countries. Just picture that, you know. Okay, like it's Norway big in and- Russia. Oh my gosh, they're Russia. great. You never heard of the famous Russian Canadian uh, World Championships many years ago with no? Bobby Clark? Okay, you're really Is not it- tuned into hockey. No, no. The last uh, hockey match I believe I saw was when the Americans beat the, the Miracle on Ice. Uh, well, that was against Russia. 82? That was against Russia. That was against Russia. So yeah, uh, and, and, and they just had the Winter Olympics who, and the Canadians won again. Sweden, very big in hockey. Right. Norway, the Czechs play it. And do Poland we field, do we field an amazing team? Or, do, or are they counted We're as good. professionals? We're good. We're good. But Canada kicked our ass and that was crushing. I was really rooting for the U.S. Like, I'm not a big patriotic guy, yeah, yeah. but, but when we were going up against, stuff. yeah, when we were going up against Canada, I was like, oh, hey, we're going to win. And we didn't, we played so horrible. And that's the thing about a sports fan too, is that you, you know, you really believe in your guys, you know, but, if they lose in a way where they haven't given their all yeah. or they just look horrible, you're like, you you feel betrayed. <laughs> I feel oh, betrayed. That's You know what I've heard of that? Because the, the guy who will make a mistake on the soccer team in Brazil got killed. <laughs> There's like some the people weird... killed them. Yeah. Like when he was done playing his sport. Well, that's a was... little extreme, yeah. I, I, I... I actually <laughs> – 
with all the amount of guns in the United States, I actually I can't believe there hasn't been some kind of insane shooting of a player yet. Right. right. I really I'm really amazed at it. Right. But it's you know, it's because I you know, in my in my opinion, mm-hmm. I think that one uh, or two percent of the population is nuts. <laughs> and so uh, which there's a lot of people in this country. Right. So that's a lot of people. Three, what is it? 320, 320 million? And you get one, two percent of that. And then you gotta, you, you know, how nuts are you? Are you a, a nut that owns a gun? Mm. Maybe that's another five percent or maybe that's 50 percent of your, you know, yeah. so that you just keep, and then it gets regional and then maybe yeah, yeah. they live in a, a town where their team wins. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily. <laughs> right. Luckily. Right. One day it'll be the Brewers. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or whatever. You but, know what it is? A lot of athletes, particularly black athletes being threatened by white people, a lot of, a lot of them get death threats, but there have been no, like Hank Aaron, oh. when he was going to break Babe Ruth's home run record was getting death threats constantly. So was Jackie Robinson when first when, black ball player right. who came into the MLB, Major League Baseball. They, and they would yell epithets from the stands and well, stuff. Yeah. And they would, they would, there would be death threats constantly to these yeah. guys. I know? remember when, cause Hank Aaron played for the Brewers. Mm-hmm. And again, it's another sporting event from my, my early childhood that, uh, I was forced to care about. <laughs> and, uh, and it was beautiful because mm-hmm. everyone was like, I remember Hank Aaron, like I have a program from the last game that Hank Aaron mm-hmm. ever played at because my grandmother went to it. Mm-hmm. And so it was his last game. And, uh, and if she got the program, she brought it for me. And, uh, and my brothers used to, I mean, it was, he was, it was neat that he was our guy. You know, yeah. even though Milwaukee, Wisconsin, one of the most segregated cities in the country during the seventies. I think we've been outstripped by Detroit or something recently, or it used to be in Orlando or Miami or something, mm-hmm. but, uh, but mm-hmm. we were up there. Whereas we, we got some racism is what I'm saying. Yeah. Milwaukee. It's a great place to raise your kids if you're white. Um, right. but, uh, where isn't, mm-hmm. where isn't a great place to raise your kids if you're white? If you think about it. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, either. I don't know. Maybe Liberia. Uh, so, uh, but the, but I, I like the idea that I've learned something about hockey because I didn't know. <laughs> well, you know, and, and it's something that, you know, and, and I guess it's any dorkdom, you know, you have to really, it's, it's all of this dorkdom stuff, right? Yeah. It's, it's ultimately an emotional investment. Yes. It's, that- it's all emotion and identification. Yeah. With these things. And not right? always a lot of fact and not always. <laughs> Definitely right. not. And it's, it's, it's usually just a celebration of something that you genuinely love. And right. that is what, that's what, I mean, that's why that episode. But why do you love it is to me the interesting It's the best question. Yeah. Why, yeah. why do you love it? And, and like I try to explain hockey, like, like I love it because, you know, I, I have this need to be identified with a winner and to be identified with excellence. Okay. You know? Yeah. That makes sense. And, and also this, uh, like I just, lo- I just get this adrenaline rush and, I don't know what, like adrenaline rush and, and the, the competitive aspect of it. Like I always have to win. Like if I'm driving here in LA, it's like I have to get into the lane or, or if I have, like for instance, if I can go, this is another LA traffic thing, but if I can make it from the west side to the east side, Really relatively easily, I feel like I won. I won that. It's a day. game. It's definitely a game. What I like to do when I'm on the highway in Los Angeles is I'm like, if I'm going over 30 miles an hour, that's a win. 
If I'm going over 30 yeah. miles an hour, yeah. look at yeah. now, I'll just watch the needle. I'll watch but the then, needle. But then, and I talk about this on stage in my stand-up act too, you, you could think you're having a great life and then you're, you get stuck in a traffic jam, let's say on the 405 or the 101, where it's bumper to bumper and you, and you have that vision Stand where you still. can see, it's but, dark but you enough have to that see vision, <laughs> but you have that vision where you can just see miles ahead and you know it's not going to move for quite some time and you can't get off. You feel like your life is worthless. <laughs> And you've lost. And you've, you've lost. Is that when you say to yourself, I wish I had a nicer car? Because the inside That doesn't of people, help. I hear people say, oh, well, I don't mind the traffic. Tape. I don't mind the traffic because I have books on tape or da, 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 da. I still can't stand sitting there. <laughs> right. Well, last night I was coming back from that downtown independent and there was some sort of terribles. Late at night? Late at night. See, that gets me when there's, and this is an LA thing and me and you were talking about it on my podcast a little yeah. bit, but that gets me when there's not supposed to be traffic, when it's nowhere near the rush hour and there's still traffic. Who that's when people? you've really lost. Yeah. <laughs> Usually it has to do with construction or accidents. Right? It was, it was entirely construction and, uh, the Hollywood Bowl. That's what, that's what it ended up being. But it was a good two and a half miles of, of standstill. Cause I used the Waze app, W-A-Z-E. Have you used that? Uh-uh, ever? Is it good? Oh, it's real, it's real nice. Real nice. I'll take you through uh, residential areas. W-A-Z-E. And, okay. uh, you'll be, uh, just. Oh, you can avoid the highways? Yeah, you can avoid, tra- cause it's got, it's hooked up to live traffic. Oh, this is great. I'm I'm Googling. I'm not Googling. I'm going. Go to go to the app store right now. I'm going right there. Uh, But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, continue. So what I but but I say, I say we could talk more about hockey. But I am kind of interested in Agatha Christie because I've never read any Agatha Christie. I've never seen the program. I've seen Murder She Wrote. I've seen Heart to Heart. Uh, These are not uh, anything like Agatha Christie. (laughs) (laughs) Is what I'm told. But I understand when Heart to Heart met, it was murder. Remember when they met? It was I murder. Though, but Agatha Christie, I love, I love, I love Agatha Christie. Uh, me and my wife just love it. You know what I love about it is, um, well, I, I've basically, I'm not a big reader of Agatha Christie, but I have fallen in love with Poirot, the Belgian detective He's, played by David Suchet brilliantly. Suchet, they actually did a documentary on it because he just filmed his last one. He played this character for. 25 years or 28 years. One, imagine playing one character for 28 years. And it's a BBC program, the Agatha Christie program. Mm -hmm. And didn't she only write like six books and then mysteriously disappear? She didn't disappear. No. No. Am I um, thinking of D.B. Cooper? Who am I thinking I of? I don't know. Eddie but, but, but I love the PBS versions of Miss Marple, another okay. Agatha Christie, uh, oh. Poirot. Is Poirot in Miss Marple or what is Poirot, what? Poirot in? What is, po- is Poirot? Poirot is his own entity. It's called Poirot. Yes, it's called Poirot. And it, and Hercule? Yes, Hercule Poirot. Okay. And, uh, I will look that up and I will Ms. watch Marple, the hell out of it. And I'm trying to think what else she's famous for. Uh, but anyway, what I love about it is the genteelness and the production values of these shows. And it's like this murder, it, it's murder done amongst beautiful, uh, English 
countryside settings, murder. And it's always, it's always like the upper classes. I think yeah. Christie traveled in, in the upper classes, you know, and, uh, there's a lot of poison involved. Uh-huh. Uh, mo- a lot of the murders are done with poison. There's, so- there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, things like, um, she invented all the, Agatha Christie basically invented the murder mystery. So a lot of times, you know, the killer will be like the maid who you're like, holy shit, why is the maid? Because it turns out the maid was actually an illegitimate kid of the Uh, guy who, you know, she's coming back to exact revenge because her mother was. And Agatha Christie was the first one to come up with that plot, kind of? Yeah. Agatha Christie is the one who invented all these. um, The uh, things that are standardized. Yes. Oh, that's hilarious. And are they kind of um, like, uh, you know how they call uh, some of the Merchant Ivory stuff, they call it like comedy of manners, Mm -hmm. where there's a lot of there's a lot of drawing room kind of gatherings where people are sort mm-hmm. of snarking at each mm-hmm. other. That's is a that, lot of that. Is that there's oh, a I lot of that stuff. I oh, love yeah. that stuff. Yeah, and then they have murder on it and read <laughs> then there's murder. Who just, doesn't like to find out who murdered somebody? It's just so great. <laughs> that sounds that's there's okay, because I and I've talked about this in the Rangers know, uh that uh, the Nicholas Blake uh he wrote Nicholas Blake is Daniel Day Lewis's dad. His name was oh, Cecil really? Day Lewis. Uh huh. And, uh, Daniel Day Lewis's dad, who Nick was his nom de plume was Nicholas Blake. And Mike Kaplan calls Daniel Dad Lewis. Um, he <laughs> is, uh, mm-hmm. he wrote a series of mysteries. I think they must have been written after Agatha Christie because mm-hmm. in the first one, he's furious that he's had to write this thing because he's writing it for money. Mm-hmm. And he became, D- Daniel Day Lewis's dad was the, um, uh, the poet laureate of the U- United Kingdom mm-hmm. from 1968 to 1975 or something uh, like that. I and, know that. uh, but he wrote mm-hmm. these mysteries and he had in the middle of his first novel, this mm-hmm. Nicholas Blake novel, he falls in love with his own Poirot. He falls in love with the, with the, with the is, Nigel Strangeways is the uh-huh. name of the inspector. Uh-huh. And essentially he's like, Oh, I'm a genius. This guy's awesome. And, and he's, he's yeah. smarter than everybody and he's funnier than Well, everybody. that's what Poirot is, is like. It, okay. Poirot is a very arrogant, he's arrogant, but he also has this humanity. He's not, he think, he definitely thinks he's smarter than anybody. His, his famous. He usually is, or? He usually is. Yeah. He usually, what's hilarious is one of the, uh, conventions of it is that, and, and they're great characters in it, but like the, the inspector, the police will come in. He's a private investigator. Who's, oh, okay. who's, who has settled in London from Belgium and the police will come in and they never figure it out, but he does. <laughs> Inspector Jepp, my little gray cells. Have you never heard that from uh, my little gray cells are working? <laughs> I need to get the little gray cells working. And he's talking about the gray matter in his mm-hmm, brain. Mm-hmm, uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that sounds. But yeah, so there's an arrogance, but, but, but there's also, you know, Poirot, and he's also kind of asexual. You only see him fall in love briefly once in the in the many years of the show. Twenty five years of doing this. Yeah, of, of of all the Poirots, I think he 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 was smitten once. Huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, it's hard for him to get out of his own head. Um. What about? <laughs> Yeah, he's, yeah. and he's a real gentleman. So you'd like this guy because he's not an asshole. Like his arrogance is only about the fact that, you know, I know human nature. I am Poirot. I okay. am Hercule Poirot. 
like he talks about himself in the third person a lot, you know. Oh, interesting. But but he is a gentleman. Okay. Absolute gentleman, which is which is again, I think, you know, I, why I'm drawn to to all of it is yeah. because the world. I think you know the world in the U.S. It's just you know it's full of guns, it's full of rudeness, it's and also also to me every time I see entertainment in this country, yeah. Like, I don't know, everybody in this country seems to like The Walking Dead. And these are all, to me, they're abhorrently violent things. They're, they're just, they're a celebration of violence. Yeah, it's Whereas, torture porn. Huh? It's torture porn. Yeah, it's just yeah. a celebrate, and, and movies, just these steroidal action movies. Yeah. To me, like, and that's why I'm drawn to like the, the Christie PBS stuff is that they're these genteel, smart, right. yet been funny. A there's yeah. been a fu- there's been a crime and it's just kind of lovely and charming and yet it still has this intrigue and you there's do mystery. still see bad part of people's natures but yeah. not done in this like just overly violent yeah, it, uh, it's, way. it's super gratuitous. I have like a- I'm still on the fence about me and my wife have been watching we just finished watching the third episode of Gotham. Have you been uh, watching any of it? We have two that are recorded. I saw the first one. It was very violent, and uh, but I liked it. I'm uh, start, I'm getting into it now. Oh, good. But it, it is very Ag- violent. Agents of Shield? Did you? Ever no, read? I have no interest in that. Okay. I tried, you and to me, shot? Agents of Shield was awful. And I only watched, I think, one, and it was just too many. See, here's another thing that you know, and Gotham is better than the Agents of Shield, but too many pretty people. Not into it. Let's, let's do the cast. Let's, let's actually. Like normal looking. uh, Yeah. Let's, we, you know, if you need to look at pretty people all the time in stuff like that, that's just, that's just disgusting. Right. I think, you know, I I mean, what they're doing, the producers, and they're such morons, is that they are just again playing to that demographic of, you know, horny kids or whatever it is, you know, or like, I mean, I remember hearing someone tell me, tell tell me that Les Moonves, who is one of the heads of CBS or NBC or whatever said, well, I definitely, you know, like he cast somebody in some, uh, some show because he's like, I'd fuck her. And it's, it's all about, you have to get people wanting to fuck. Yeah. And it's like, the, you know. the fact that that is actually said in meetings is like, well, I wouldn't fuck her. Why would I put her on television? Yeah, it's actually, uh, and that is actually said in meetings, mm-hmm. and it is oh, disturbing, absolutely. and it's just a, it's a road to hoe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just. There's and if they were here, they would say, "Well, I'm sorry, but that's the reality." To get people to watch the shows, and then you'd be like, "Well, fuck you, fuck you," you because know? why don't you, why don't uh, you, why don't you make something interesting? Yes, if if you write something, there's all there's all kinds. I mean, if you look at Thirty Rock. Mm. 30 Rock had more interesting looking people on it yeah. than any other sitcom that I've seen in years. And right. if you look at Barney Miller, uh, yeah, mean, yeah. those are the weirdest Barney looking Miller. people in the world and they're all awesome. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, but the, uh, I love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just because I'm, I'm all, all about Marvel. And mm-hmm. so I, and I loved, I love Phil Coulson's character. And so I was like, I will sit until this gets good. And it did. And it got great. Um, it was good for me for the first, people hated the first six episodes. Yeah, I can't, I can't watch something for more than one or two. I can't wade through six before it gets better. Right. And there was a lot of fan, there was a lot of fan nonsense that, that I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't tend to read any of that Mm -hmm. stuff. So like there's a a big thing happening with video games, Gamergate. 
And I'm like, uh, I'm good. I'm good. They're calling it Gamergate. Like, like it's Why? a Watergate thing. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, some women who had opinions got attacked mm-hmm. virulently on, online, as is the want well, of that's people. That's disgusting. Yeah, yeah, it's not alright. Anyway. Also, uh, also, just, just about dorkdom in general, too. Um, and, you know, we talked about my hockey, uh, kind of obsession is that you gotta have some kind of perspective on this stuff. Yeah. You can't, like, 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 for instance, when you just said some, you know, women are getting attacked big time about something. Yeah, just hold it. But this is bullshit. With this their is, addresses this and everything. This is fantasy stuff. Yeah. You know, this fiction. is diversion. And yeah. also another thing that's, that, I, I think, you know, there's a book that was written even before the internet and it's by Neil Postman and it's called Amusing Ourselves to Death. Okay. And it's basically fiddling while Rome burns. And it's also, <laughs> also, uh, amusing ourselves to death is just talking about how we've been dumbed down. Uh, when we went from a print culture to a visual con- culture, in other words, when we went from books and newspapers and, I mean, real good newspapers when they were good, not now, like USA Today, but like when we went from book, from being readers and, and bookish people and, and, and newspapers to a visual society, subtlety disappeared and thinking basically has disappeared. So, um, people, for instance, just to give you a for instance, the Lincoln Douglas debates, right? Yeah. The presidential debates right. used to be. Check this out. Now, this is hilarious because I was just reading this. They used to speak yes. for six hours and then the next guy would rebut. Right. Everything's a soundbite today. There's right. just more. I mean, there is, and, and the way you vote for people now is who looks good. Did There's ever, no discussion of issues now. Do you ever see that James Garner, uh, Eddie Murphy movie about, um, James Garner was a, was a senator in, it's a terrible movie. It's an Eddie Murphy movie. It was a terrible, terrible movie. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. but James Garner plays a senator who dies, um, in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. And Eddie Murphy is a young politician who has the mm-hmm. same name. So he then, becomes a senator? Yeah. Yeah. Just what on about? name, just on name recognition. Oh, just name recognition. Yeah. 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 But anyway, there's no more subtleties gone from the culture. There is no depth. There's no depth to the culture anymore. Is, is that's the a point. little sweeping, but okay. I'm with. I don't think that's true. I think that Poirot uh, is still out there. There's there's beautiful things being made. There's a lot of great television being made, and there's a lot of like great. What? Um, great television. Tell me, because I'm I'm looking for it. I don't see it. You don't a like lot Sherlock? of great television. You don't like Sherlock? I like Sherlock. Right? I mean, but a you, lot of great television you said. I would say there's a there's very little great television and a well, lot of shit. But what's what's But there's a lot? always been a lot of I mean, proportionally there's always going to be more shit. Mm. Even in even in like um in books. Mm. There's always going to be more shit. Yeah, than there's you're, right, be great. you're right. You're right. You're right. It's just hard for me. It's just hard with the sweeping. Just because I mm. I like to think of things are not necessarily getting better, but there is still quality out yeah, there. Yeah, you're right. You're and, right. But I'm with you entirely in the fact that I can't like Law and Order SVU offends me on a visceral level. <laughs> no, why does it offend you on a visceral because, level? Because do you know what it is? Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Oh. It's entirely child molestation yeah. and now, rape. Here, yes, and that's unbelievable because, you know, this whole genre of police procedurals is also morbid. I'm also trying to figure out what they're trying to train me for because all the the all the bodies now look real. 
Now, it sounds like you watch this stuff. I have watched some, like, I'll watch the crap. Like, I'll, I'll watch Castle. I'll watch Ooh, Bones. I could not watch I'll Castle. watch NCIS. Oh, wow. And You've watched all that those stuff. Those are all cartoons. They're all essentially Scooby-Doo <laughs> done with murder, right? Right. Now, now, what I, now, to me, it's so morbid, those shows, because there's the difference between Christie, Agatha Christie, yeah. to, to, to bring it back yeah, to, yeah. like, why I like Agatha Christie and these NCIS things is that, uh, and but I'm it's kinda, murder, but it's murder. It's different the way they but deal it's, with it's, it, it's, right? It's gratuitous murder on these NCI. It's it's this horrible, depressing murder on these right horrible shows. And There's never any. Here's what I really really hate. And tell me if I'm wrong because I don't watch these shows. I've watched a couple of Law and Orders, but there's never any social context to them. Meaning they never address why are these murders happen, happening right why Agatha is Christie there such does. intense poverty there's... in the united states that's leading to all these <laughs> right no but, no there's, no, there's an opportunity con- there's stupidity there's an opportunity here there's a genuine socio-political you called opportunity. it before torture porn yeah it's basically torture porn right which is but i think that you're right in the fact that there is there's a genuine opportunity here like in the agatha christie ones someone has poisoned someone and it's because there was an injustice. There was a real reason. It wasn't some bullshit money reason. It wasn't yeah. just oh, I just needed. Oh no! Oh no! Guy. Oh no! There's a lot of it for money. Oh, it's just. Pl- it is a lot of it for money. It, a lot of it is like you know they wanted to. Um, no, no. There's definitely some mean. Oh, it it isn't all like justified murder. It's it's a lot of it is like people who want a better life. Like like what she does is really lampoon the entitled rich who want more money or who want to inherit daddy's estate. Okay. You know, there's a lot of that. Okay. But it, but the difference is. Is that there's never, like, hardly ever these horrible, bloody scenes and just this. The, to me, all these American procedurals, which I just call them procedurals, you know. Yeah, yeah. They're all just uh, uh, the child was raped in the uh, yeah. in the basement of and the. Then too uh, much information and it's like exactly. I don't want to watch that. I don't want to know all the. And not only is there that, but then they have the true crime stuff. Then they have the fictional stuff. Yeah. And then you have all the people who are um, and and I went through a period of being hooked on forensic files. Oh yeah. And well, because it's titillating you get and su- like sucked in because the- I got sucked into that stuff, and then I realized this is horrible. Yeah, I don't yeah, need to be me, watching. It would make me so depressed. I would be it scared does. all the time of every stranger who walked up because I was like, well, what if that's the Zodiac Killer? I didn't even know who the Zodiac Killer it was. Just, it just shows you <laughs> just the disgusting. A disgusting side of some yeah, humans yeah. that quite honestly, yeah. I don't, I, I'm willing to live a little defensively, uh-huh. but I'm unwilling to live like they're everywhere. And also, like for instance, we talked about on my podcast just very briefly um, pep talks about uh, yeah about the, the Roosevelt documentary. Oh, right. And that's really interesting because you really get a, a sense of the history of the country. These forensic files shows or true crime shows, they're just little snapshots of. A disgusting behavior. A disgusting behavior with no context. They never address, right. No context. You know, what's the education level? Who are the, who are the, what's the community like? Right. Who are the victims? You know, who are the, who are the companies who've left this fight? Here, here's where I get mad because I'm, I've got it so against people with money. Like who are the companies that have left this community? Oh, and leaving them without jobs and right. lives and right. things to do. Right. And well, you know what Ann Rand did say? 
She'd say my name is Ayn Rind or whatever. <laughs> but I don't know. But some fuck chop Anne would be Rand like. Is a horrible, is a nightmare. Yeah. Is a, we will not be having an Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand. Gone, you you know who a descendant of Ayn Rand was? Was Alan Greenspan, who was basically the architect of the financial collapse in this country. <laughs> I, uh, I don't have enough. I remember my brother Scott loving Greenspan like he, like the yeah. sun came out of his ass. Right. Well, he was, he's disappeared because, you know, he basically presided over all the deregulation that, you know, event, you know, which the led to the widespread speculation, Reagan which is all this Ayn Rand stuff about, oh, just, just. Laissez faire. Everybody's yeah, just yeah, going to yeah. rise yeah, to the yeah. occasion. Here's, Here's the a- thing. It's socialism for the rich. And it's capitalism for the poor. Yeah. In other words, the rich get, you know, taken care of. If they ever fuck up, they get bailed out. If, if poor people have a problem, hey, it's the market. Yeah. And you better pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. I'm sorry to get so political. But no, no, because that's, uh, that, that too is a bit of your dorkdom is the social injustice part of it. Absolutely. And it would be, I mean, the thing is, is I always think of television and all entertainment mm-hmm. as an opportunity. To really give a, a big picture. Like whenever I right. see a film and I watch some crap, Eddie Pepitone, mm, I'm out there. I'm, I want to go see a romantic comedy. And what I do though is I, there's always a B plot for me. There's always something underneath mm, it. Mm, I don't know if you saw Sex in the City 2. Oh no, my God. Good choice. Uh, one a of the two, worst. my God, I couldn't see Did you know one. if they're making a three, which should never See, have now happened. that's very, now to me, that's all you need to know about the dumbing down. Of our culture, that there's a Sex of the City three coming out. I mean, no, I'm being dead serious. If there, if this was a literate culture, I mean, a real literate culture, but that would not be happening. The, that's being made at the highest levels. What do you that mean, decision, highest level? The decision is being made because they didn't make any money. <laughs> it, it actually on the lowest levels, which is middle aged white ladies who want to see some sort of Sex in the City bullshit. Uh, we ha- hated it in droves. Mm-hmm. And didn't go see it and didn't buy it. And, and even internationally, it sucked. It was yeah. one of the, but there's always a B plot. Like, you know, when you uh-huh. think of, um, uh, dirty dancing mm-hmm. and I'm sure you do, you think about it. All <laughs> Absolutely. The time. Absolutely. Is that the, and, and I, and Rangers know this, I've talked about this for years, but, but, but dirty dancing, the B plot is amazing. It's keep abortion legal. That's the message of dirty dancing uh-huh. because that character gets, yeah. Pregnant, right? And she gets an abortion mm-hmm. in the back of a truck. Jesus. Okay, yeah. Footloose. Mm-hmm. The B plot of Footloose mm-hmm. is censorship is bad, right? And they show the burning book scene, and one of and right. the and the and and John Lithgow picks up one of the books. <sighs> and he's like, "This is this is Tom Sawyer, you weirdo." Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's just and he's a conservative preacher yeah. in that in that movie, and so. Yeah. Th- those are opportunities that they took advantage of. Right. But then you see like two weeks notice or music and lyrics and the B plot of both of those is, uh, eating disorders are prevalent. <laughs> that is the, uh, <laughs> that is the, yeah. uh, that's yeah, the B yeah, plot yeah, of both yeah. of those. Yeah. But I, yeah, but I do think cause Poirot, I think all of those BBC programs, they have a, they, they come from not a kinder, gentler place, but a, just a place that feels, and I don't want to say civilized because you don't. Oh, they have a lot of nasty stuff too. I mean, uh, in the BBC lexicon, you know, they have a lot of gritty cop shows. Right, that MI6 or All something? All that stuff, or? you know. Uh, it was stop. a great head. Did you ever watch a great show though? I love this great show. Um, Life on Mars. Oh my God, I tried to. 
Too Dark. The BBC? Yeah, the BBC one. It was oh, amazing. God. About the I guy loved in the coma it. Too who goes dark. back. Yeah. It goes back to the 70s in his head. If it's in his head, he might have actually I done thought it, it was such an interesting thing. It was thing. incredibly well done. Yeah. I it loved was, it. And the it, soundtrack was great 70s music yep. and it just intense acting. And one of the cops, Gene Hunt, the, the boss of his, of his 70s reality was such an old school cop. And I just loved him. Oh, right, right. And I think their violence, you know, it isn't as brutal as the American, like just in your face, like the goth, Gotham, we were talking about it briefly. Yeah. I've kind of liked, I, I, it's kind of growing on me, but, uh, when the first episode, when Penguin like slashes this guy in the face when he comes out of the water, absolutely unnecessary. Yeah. Not only do they show him slashing the face, but then you see the blood from the face. Now that to me is just plain to just a dumb, just a dumb yeah. population. Right. They're just, they're, uh, and the people who make that decision, who make these things from up high. are scumbags. Yeah, who I mean, because yeah. they're the tastemakers, quote unquote. You know that really you have to show the blood flying from the yeah. guy's face. What is their argument for that? Like, I don't know what they're preparing me for. Am I supposed <laughs> to, am I supposed to be ready to see blood on the streets? Am I supposed to be ready to it's see just, dead bodies? It's just like you don't, and that's why the Christie stuff is like so much better. That's awesome. It's uh. We are doing great here. Eddie, let's mm-hmm. talk about uh, you for a second, Eddie Pepitone. Mm-hmm. It's EddiePepitone.com, and it's at Eddie Pepitone. And Pep on Talks Twitter. On Twitter. And Pep Talks on all things comedy. Yes. Dot com. And In Ruins on Netflix is my special. And, and In Ruins is uh, the Netflix uh, special. So mm-hmm. it's um, – I've always been a fan. Always been a fan mm-hmm. uh, from from back even in the New York days. Very funny comic. If people get a chance to see you. Oh, thank Acme. you. Acme. Acme this week. Do mm-hmm. it. And um, – and then I let's just we only have a couple of minutes left, but we'll touch uh-huh. on the ha- we'll close on the happy thing. Hitchhiker's yeah. Guide to the Galaxy. Oh my God! I have Douglas you, Adams, yeah. the Hitchhiker's Guide, blew my mind when I read that. Now I've never been a big science fiction guy. I've liked some science fiction, but I always felt this, and I don't know where you stand on this. I always felt like science fiction lacked a sense of humor. Like oh, just I, I got some great. Uh-huh. I got some uh, when gravity fails. Is, a, is my current uh, is my, and it's essentially set in a red light district of. Uh, it's a dark comedy. I love dark stuff. Well, I love dark comedies. Well, and the weird thing is, is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is funny, but it's funny that you would think that it was, and it is comedy, yeah. but it's so silly. I it's guess super, it's you know, super, and I was psyched. I read it when I still appreciated sarcasm. Yeah, right, because there's a window. If you miss it with Hitchhikers, you may not be able to go back. Why is that? Because like because the the humor is pretty basic. You mm-hmm. know, it's a it's mm-hmm. a celebration of silly sarca- sarcasm, very Did you read Good Omens by uh, Terry Pratchett and uh You know, my wife loves Terry Pratchett. I've never read Good I've never read Terry Pratchett. Well, it took me about 6 of the Discworld uh books to get me to like Terry Pratchett. But I stuck it out. I kept going. And uh and and then I cut I've read about 14 or 15. He's written I don't know, 70? Anyway, but he, Neil Gaiman, yeah. right? Who, uh, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett yeah. wrote a book called Good Omens. Right. And it is, Neil Gaiman, his, he wrote American, you would love American Gods, I think. And, uh-huh. and that is, um, it's funny, but it's also, it's, I think it's so socially, like really, it's smart. Right. And Terry Pratchett, his stuff is socially relevant. Right. But it's super silly. And, mm. um, the Good Omens, it's about, um, loose, it's about the angel who guarded the, uh, the Garden of Eden and, uh, the devil 
the Antichrist is being born and they have to join forces to stop the end, the rapture mm-hmm. because they're both, uh, they like, mm-hmm. they like earth better than they like heaven or hell because yeah. they've been living here the whole time. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what about pizza or whatever? Yeah. You know, they're just like there. And so the silliness of Pratchett comes in yeah. and the dark, just fierce sort of intelligence of Neil Gaiman comes yeah. in. And they meld really well together. They're thinking about making a movie about it. I don't know how they would do that, but you might like Good Omens. Yeah. And but Hitchhikers. Oh, when did you read it? Oh man, I can't even remember when I read it. I think it must have been something like ten or fifteen years ago. Even. Okay. And it just blew my mind as far have as you comedy. heard of it before. No, I don't think I did. I don't know. I don't know how I heard of it. You know, people that, might, that I think would help. If there were no build up to it and you were just like, what is this? And you read it and you're like, this is yeah, amazing. Yeah, but for me, it was like, like, I, you know, I've been a comedian my whole life. I've thought comedically. I've thought comedically my whole life, like, okay, what's funny? You know, and as a comedian, you're always like looking at the world, like, okay, what's funny about this? What's funny about this? So I can put it on stage, yeah. you know, and all that. And what blew my mind about Hitchhikers is I had never thought comedically on a cosmic level like that. And, or, you know, and, right. and it just. Talk like, about the big picture, man. It's just like the restaurant at the end of the universe, like the concept, <laughs> like combining those concepts that there's this restaurant at the end of time where, you know, yeah. you know, and every year and every night at the hour of midnight is the end of the world, the yes, end of the yes. universe. You like it's just it. fucking brilliant. And, and then like there was a robot who it was the a depressed. manic, the depressed robot <laughs> always, always stayed with me. My mom was clinically depressed. So that was always a heavy thing in my life. Yeah. And uh, reading about this robot who, you know, was depressed because I have the biggest brain in the world, <laughs> in the in the universe, and I have to park cars. Remember Marvin, yeah, the, depressed Marvin robot? the depressed robot? And, uh, Did you get to see the film? I thought the film, you see, I, I was it. so bummed out by the film because I was such a fan of the book. Well, it's that really hard. I the just, translation is so hard. I just was like, is. it didn't do it for me. Right. I had such high, you know, because the book was so amazing. I did the film. You liked it though. That's interesting. I maybe it. I should watch it again. I remember just going, no, no. Yeah, you maybe you not funny. Sh- you give it another shot. But here's mm. here's where it kind of fell apart for me. Mm-hmm. I like the first three, the last three of his trilogy. Oh, I know. I I, I had to I weeded off. Yeah, but I will say this about too. Douglas Adams. Mm-hmm. He has a nonfiction book. What's it called? Last Chance to See. Right. And what he does is he goes around the world and essentially finds endangered species and makes fun of them. Uh, but in a way that educates and enlightens. Oh, that's great. He's like, yeah. see that bird? He died tragically young. He did. He died pretty young. He yeah. did, and he just died. Uh, I heard him speak one time. Uh, brought my nephew uh, to hear him read from Last Chance to Where? See, actually, Here? in Minneapolis oh, at a wow. bookstore in St. Paul. Oh, wow. So that isn't there anymore. Hmm. Oh, well. Did you meet him? Did you talk to him? No, no. Oh. Paul Paul crawled up and he got to, got to see yeah, him. He yeah. got him, but the books were mm-hmm. packed to the gills. You couldn't oh, even wow. see him. So yeah. we didn't get to hear him. It yeah, was yeah, great. yeah, yeah. But it is a, it's a, it's a great series. And his other, he had Dirk Gently too. Oh uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the detective. The detective Dirk Yeah, the first two of those I liked, I think. And then, but yeah. I, I get this impression sometimes with publishers that they're yeah. like, 
Now you you should write another one of those. <laughs> when you're like, no, no, I'm done. It, it's I'm sort done. of like blockbuster movies. Okay, let's do uh, Expendables Second, six. Yeah, there's no reason for yeah. Red three. Yeah, even though Red two is actually quite fun. Uh, I liked Red and Red two. <laughs> I'm a simple woman of the people. <laughs> I think it's been established. Any yeah. Papatone, it has been an hour. Thank you, Jay. That went by breezy. Yeah, nice. Both our podcasts went by breezy, easy peasy, Super lemon squeezy. Quick. It's uh, <laughs> pep talks on all things comedy. Dork Forest on all things comedy. Dorkforest.com, JackieCation.com. Rangers, you've chosen wisely. <laughs> Be nice to each other out there. Take care. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?